Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to our wonderful listeners back to the podcast. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about home births. My guest today is Caitlin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Madeline. I'm super excited to be here. I am really interested in diving into this topic and, and certainly learning more about it. Uh, I just, I I don't have a lot of information about it and it's not something that's like talked about really often. Um, And I think it's an option that like should be kind of presented to people, Um, but it's not. Uh, So we're going to, we're going to talk about it. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, before we dive in, uh, let's maybe start off with tell us a little bit about you and like what got you interested in birth and then like specifically home birth. Sure. Okay. So it, I feel like these stories are always so fascinating because they never start where you would expect them and <laughs> just start. For example, my mother had all of her children via C-section. Um, and she was told that the first one was an emergency section. When we look back, we're like, okay, that's a little questionable. But so I grew up with this thought that, you know, okay, when I have kids, I'll have to have a C-section too, because that's what my mom had. And our, you know, our bodies just aren't capable. Uh, so fast forward, I got, I finished college as an interpreter, a sign language interpreter, which totally, you know, makes sense to birth. Um, (laughs) but I actually met a mentor who told me about how she gave birth in a tub of water. And I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, what even is that? I'd never heard of it before. And so then she told me about this birth center that she had given birth in. That was my first exposure to this concept of giving birth unmedicated, of giving birth outside of the hospital. And it just opened up a whole new world for me. And I'm the kind of person where once I get attached to an idea, I'm just obsessed with it. So I went home that day and started looking online and I found the birth center that she used. I learned more and more about this idea of giving birth unmedicated naturally. And uh, so that kind of started something off in my mind. In the meantime, I started taking a holistic health coaching uh, certification, and one of the things that we were required to do was find a niche audience. You know, who is who are you selling to? What who are you going to be helping? And I thought, you know, how amazing would it be to influence the future generation by influencing mothers? You know, if moms learn to be healthy while they're pregnant, that's not only helping them, but it's helping their children and generations to come. So. 
that's what I decided I was going to focus on. And the way I wanted to go about it was I thought, well, I know there are midwives now. I know that midwives are a thing. Didn't know that, you know, a couple months prior. And so I actually went on our, it's DHEC, like it's the health organization in our state. I went on their website and looked up who are the midwives in my state. And I just started calling them one by one and was saying, hey, you know, do you think any of your clients would be interested in this service? The first one that I got in touch with turned out to be the midwife that I used. And she was like, yeah, I'd love to talk about this. We sat down and chatted. And as soon as I met her, as soon as I heard what her job was, I was like, oh, this may be this may be the thing that I'm actually interested in. So I ended up becoming an apprentice, a student midwife under her. I started attending home births. I, I'll never forget my first home birth and the peace and ease and grace with which this mother brought forth life. It's not something you can forget. And I was hooked. And so that's that's really how it started. I, I had been a doula for a little bit, and then I learned about home birth and just jumped in. I then became pregnant with my first while I was a student midwife. So it was so fun to be on both sides, to be experiencing, you know, birth as as the care provider or assistant to the care provider, and then also being the mother giving birth. And it was just such a beautiful experience. I loved it. Um, then I, so my my daughter was born. She grew up into toddlerhood, and I uh, realized just how important it is for these home birth mothers to have uh, a support system because, as you mentioned, it's not discussed nearly enough. Less than in the United States, less than two percent of births happen outside of the hospital, so it can feel very very isolating and. I realized very quickly, wow, we need a way to number one, come together as a community, but to number two, spread this information. And then that's how my podcast, the Happy Home Birth Podcast was created. Amazing. I, I, I love hearing like the origin stories of like how people get to where they are. Cause it, it just, it's super fascinating. Like my exposure, mm -hmm. I didn't know what midwives were. Um, and the way that I got exposed to it was like, in a course in anthropology, like in my undergrad. And one of my professors was pregnant and she was telling me that she planned her birth to make sure a midwife was available. Oh, wow. Because here up here in Canada, like we have, we have midwives, but they're busy and like they can only take so many, you know, so many people. Um, and so I, I just, I remember that staying in my mind about midwives and how like the, in my mind, it was difficult to get one at that time. So that was like maybe 2004, 2005, fast forward, 2015, I get pregnant. It's a Friday. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Monday, I called the midwives. <laughs> There you <laughs> like, go. I was, like, I was like, I am not waiting. Like this is, they are know, busy. <laughs> they are busy. Um, I'm going to get my spot. Um, and that was just like, that was like the first thing I knew I just needed to do. Everything else could wait. I, I didn't need to like go and confirm it or call the doctor. It was like, just call the midwife, get a midwife. Oh, I love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and like, just because I had learned about their approach and that just was in better alignment with what I was, you know, thinking about. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily think about like, oh, is this going to be natural or like unmedicated and how, you know, all of that sort of 
started coming in later, but just having that anthropology background and studying and learning about different cultures and like, you know, how we basically, how mankind, you know, evolved over time. And yeah, so I was just always really fascinated by that. And I was like, I just want to be a part of that. Right. And, and how integral midwives are to those societies. You know, that's, what's so amazing is I feel like sometimes we forget this is our, this is our origin story. This is how we, as a people group came to be. It was through, through mothers giving birth and oftentimes supported by these community midwives. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to think of how this is, from the beginning. You know, this is not a new practice. Luckily, it's picking up steam again, but this is how it's always been done. Yeah, exactly. And I just like, I, I love the, I I had it in my mind, this idea of, you know, village, like the village and like Mm -hmm. the matriarchy, I, I guess, like, but you had like the community of women that came to the aid of the birthing mother and you know supported her and you know she had things taken care of and like you know that idea of of being safe and in community and supported and you know maybe I romantic you know I romanticized it right because modern times is not quite quite the uh quite the same but I knew that I wanted to have something close to that type of experience right yeah Okay. Anyways, that was like a long winded off the, off the track a little bit. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about home birth. Let's talk about maybe just like, let's start at the beginning. What is a home? Like, what does, what is, if somebody says home birth, what does that even mean? Maybe we should define that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting because like we were saying, you know, it's been, a it's been around forever. That's, that's where we've, traditionally given birth. But now if we're looking at our, you know, today's landscape, basically when you choose to give birth at home, you have options. A lot of women, when they're giving birth at home, they're using a midwife who is a certified, licensed, trained midwife. There are other midwives that are more, they're known as traditional birth keepers or midwives. They don't hold certification for a number of reasons. Many times it's that they don't like the legality of it. They want to be able to serve who they want to serve and they don't want to be tied to these requirements. Um, And then there are mothers who choose to go what's called unassisted or have a free birth. And that's when they give birth with typically no one else there, you know, themselves, their husband, it's, it's a very intimate choice. Um, so typically myself, I've, I've always worked with a midwife, a licensed midwife. It's that's where I feel comfortable. Uh, but it is important to know that home birth can look how you want it to look and nobody can force you to go to the hospital. That's the thing that it's interesting. And here in the States, you know, state by state, it varies so much what the legality is. Some states it's illegal to work with a home birth midwife, um, but it's not illegal for the mother to give birth at home. It's illegal for midwives to practice. So there is nowhere that you can go where you are not allowed to give birth in your own home. That's your choice. That's important to note. And I'm glad that you mentioned that there's a, like a spectrum of even what home birth Uh, potentially can look like. So why would, why would somebody, let's talk about like the benefits of choosing that choice or why would people choose that choice versus birthing 
in a hospital? Sure. Uh, such a great question. Uh, so one thing that I like to think about is the fact that birth is intimate. There's no getting around that. In, in its most natural physiological form, birth is intimate. And oftentimes what led to the baby's conception is what eases the baby's you know, birth. And when we think about the environment that we want to cultivate to have that happen, to allow that to happen the, the easiest way, the, the most comfortably, what do we think of? Do we think of walking into this big building that we've maybe never been to before, except for when our appendix burst <laughs> and giving birth under these bright fluorescent lights surrounded by a busy room of people that we've never met most likely, you know, with care providers who are so overwhelmed, that are so busy that thinking of our prenatal care, even, you know, oftentimes when it comes to working with OBs and, and even midwives in, you know, big hospital practices, a lot of times it's you're in, you're out, any nausea, vomiting, you know, heartburn, what's going on, just a quick checklist and then you're gone. And when we compare that to the home birth setting, think about your own home. You know, that's where I feel safest. It's where I feel the most comfortable. It's where I feel the most, most connected to my husband. It's where I feel safe, basically. And so we have that environment. That environment alone allows for physiological birth. It allows for that cascade of hormones, positive hormones that help get this baby out it allows for that. Um, and then when we add the layer of midwifery care to that, we think about the fact that so midwives, when they're working out of the hospital, typically your appointments with your midwife can last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes upwards of that each time. So you're growing a relationship with this person. This person knows you and they know your baby. They know what's your benchmark and then what's out of the norm for you and for your baby. So when we think of it that way, when we understand that there is such an intimate relationship and there's such depth of knowledge, we can see how home birth outcomes are so high because mis midwives are trained in physiological birth. They're trained in normal birth and they know when something is out of the normal. They can see those red flags, especially, like I said, individually. Um, so yeah, if we're looking to have a birth unmedicated, I oftentimes will say, you can do that in the hospital, of course, of course you can, but in some ways you're going to be swimming upstream because there are going to be doctors, there are going to be nurses whose goal is to just get this baby out of you. And really it's easier if you just be quiet. Whereas at home, the setting is yours. It's, I always say, give birth on your turf. This is your home. You're in charge. You feel the weight of the responsibility and you're able to, to work with that and feel that empowerment. I'm like, I'm getting goosebumpily just like hearing you talk about it because so although I didn't give birth at home, I labored for as long as I could at home, because, you know, I mean, I come from a phys physical therapy background or physiotherapy here in Canada. And, and so I had already information and then I like actively sought information and I knew that the environment was really, really important for physiological mm -hmm. birth. Like I need to feel safe. Um, and I wasn't sure if I would feel safe enough 
to birth at home. Um, but I felt confident enough to stay there as long as possible. Um, and it was really great to be at Mm -hmm. home. I'm in charge of the lights. I'm in charge of, I have access to any and all furniture right to lean on sit on roll on i could go upstairs to my to to have a bath i you know i don't have to worry uh about having all the supplies and all the stuff I, everything i need was already here right. and when i reflect back to getting to the hospital um you know my midwife had to prepare things Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's hospital protocols. So there were moments where she had to do her job in there and wasn't able to necessarily be pr- fully present with me. So that was one thing that I noted. She did manage to keep the lights low and keep things like quiet. But like in the midst of me pushing, there's a knock on the door and it's the security asking if our car's parked out front. Or oh parked, parked in the like parking lot where you where you go when you're in labor because it's close to the door and you, you know, like it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm a, pushing a baby out. They're like, we're not, you know what I mean? And then just yeah. the experience afterwards for me was like, it was loud. It was noisy. I was sharing a room. There was commotion. And I just was so tired and I wanted good food. And like, I just, mm-hmm. I didn't want somebody waking me up due to protocol every like two hours to ask me if I fed, like I haven't slept in two days. I just fell asleep and you just woke me up. Like I was not in a good mood. So from that perspective, I was like, you know what? I said to myself, if I get pregnant ever again, I am so birthing at home because I (laughs) I had it. I had it unmedicated. I had no interventions. And I was like, damn, like I can do this. If I ever mm-hmm. get put in this situation, there is no way I'm doing it again. Right. Wouldn't it be side. nice to take that experience and then just get in your own bed afterwards and have somebody make you some eggs? You know, <laughs> like it's true. It's it's so much more conducive to bonding when we're in that space, especially like you mentioned, the postpartum phase. Gosh having a newborn is hard enough, but being woken up every time that that newborn starts to fall asleep and every time that you start to fall asleep, I mean, talk about a nightmare. (laughs) No wonder postpartum depression is pretty rough, right? Yeah. Like I had a pretty big emotional breakdown day two. Mm -hmm. Like I got home, I got home and it was just like, bam, it just hit me from nowhere. I mean, I expected it because my mom was like, I just want to warn you that like there may be in the next couple of days, you might feel really emotional. And it was so interesting that she was on her way over. There I am having this moment. She's on her way over. I'm upstairs just crying my eyes out and she's there and just comforting me in that moment and being like, it's okay. And like, it was such a beautiful moment, but it just kind of like, when I look back at that, I was like, if I had, if I could have a do over, you know what I mean? Like, I gave birth and then my husband, I sent my husband home. I said, go get some sleep. Like it's been a long night. You can't sleep here. Like go home. Right. Whereas if I was already at home, you know, he's sleeping, he's easy to access. If I need food or get hungry, he's there. He can do it, but not in a hospital. I had to wait till the next morning. I'm texting him. I'm like, please bring me real food. Like just bring me some food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. These are things to think about. I mean, really it's, it's amazing how important those seemingly small things are. Yeah. 
Let's talk about fears because, you know, fear is a very, it's a very intensive mind body experience. And I think, you know, myself included, like, why did I choose a home birth? I was like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I had, I had this like minor surgical, um, cervical surgery procedure. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to play a role and maybe it's safer for me to be there because nobody really, I I didn't necessarily work on those fears in advance, which again, reflecting back, I probably would have, but let's talk about some of the common fears that you hear from people when you talk to them about home birth. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like there are several things that I hear over and over again. The first one being, I can't have a home birth. It's my first birth. You know, this fear of, well, I've never given birth before. So I really need to have this first one in the hospital. And then I'll consider giving birth at home. And my thought about that is, okay, is it that you're scared of giving birth at home? Or is it that you're nervous about this new undertaking of giving birth for the first time and potentially even motherhood as well? And oftentimes it seems that the fear is misplaced. It's this fear of giving birth, which, which that, is that not normal to be a little bit nervous about doing something that you've never done before? Uh, so yeah, like that's, that's true. But the thing is, is you're going to have to give birth either way. You know, the baby's coming out. So where are we going to do that and who's going to be supporting us and how supported are we going to feel? Um, So I think that that's a really big one and a very common one or the opposite of, well, I can't give birth at home because I already had one birth and it was traumatic and like it didn't, it didn't go well. And they, it was, I needed all these interventions. And to that, the question is, okay, did you need those interventions or did those interventions cause more interventions and thus more trauma? Because almost always that is what I hear. Something as small as, you know, what they call a membrane sweep, you know, or checking the cervix and then, oh, the water broke, you know, oh, and now we've got to put you on Pitocin. Now you're on Pitocin and it's really difficult. So we've got an epidural and now you've got the epidural. So your blood pressure is going down and we need to give you some more Pitocin because you've slowed down it, blah, 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 all the way to what, you know, a forcep intervention or an emergency cesarean section. So this concept of like, well, I had an emergency cesarean or I had a traumatic birth. Why? Why did it happen? Was it was it really something wrong with your body and your baby? Or did people intervene and cause a whole bunch of commotion that really didn't need to be there? Um, so those are those are two big ones that I hear. The other one, of course, is okay, that all sounds fine and good, Caitlin. Like I love the idea of a home birth. I love the idea of music and lights and blah, blah, blah. But what about when something bad happens? You know, what happens when something goes wrong? And that is, I mean, it's a common, such a common question. And I totally get it. Like there's there's a, a fear because we've been taught that birth is dangerous and we need someone to be there when it all hits the fan because it's definitely gonna hit the fan, you know? And what I like to remind people is that, as I said earlier, midwives are medical professionals. You know, they're not some 
hippie from the mountain coming down on their horse. Like that's not what this is. And you can, of course, choose, like I said, you know, there is a variation. You can choose a midwife that you feel confident in her skill level so that if something happens, if there is an emergent situation, you know, number one, she's going to catch it. Number two, she's going to know what to do if it happens. There are some emergencies that happen whether you are in the hospital or whether you are at home. And honestly, the emergencies that happen, I'd much rather have them happen at home versus the hospital. Think about what happens in the hospital when baby is born and kind of taking a while to come around to start breathing. Well, they cut the cord and whisk them off and start you know, do it, giving them breaths away from mom. Whereas at home, if baby needs a little bit of help, number one, that cord is staying intact because the placenta is its main source of oxygen at that point. The placenta is providing it the blood. It's okay that it needs a little bit to come around. So then if baby needs a few breaths, it is done right on its mother, right where it needs to be done, where the baby is getting all of the sensations of mom's right here. I smell her. I know she's safe. I'm still getting all of my blood from my placenta. So, I mean, just think about those outcomes. We then think about things like a postpartum hemorrhage that can happen at home as well as a hospital, but midwives carry the same medications that they give you in the hospital. So say that you bleed a little bit too much, that's okay. A midwife can give you that medication and should you need to transport, that's always an option. You know, it's not like, well, we all die. That's what happens if something goes wrong, you know, we just, we all die. But it, there are protocols in place. There are steps that it, that are followed. Another one that's common is shoulder dystocia. And like I said, that can happen in the hospital. It can happen at home. The thing about the hospital is, is oftentimes you are, you are uh, confined to your bed. You know, you're typically on your back. So how simple is it going to be to move baby's position to get baby out safely without having to reach in and possibly break a collarbone or without grabbing the forceps, you know, without grabbing all of these medical interventions. Whereas at home, what does the midwife do? Number one, she sees that it's happening. There are signs to see that it's happening. And then she tells mom, okay, let's flip over or, okay, let's put your leg up in a runner's lunge. There are so many protocols, you know, and it's just the way that things are handled. Sometimes the hospital just goes for the biggest, toughest, hardest when really just a gentle shift is all we need to allow the body to work the way that it needs to. And I've been doing a lot of reading, um, like in pelvic physio, so pelvic biomechanics and like how Mm -hmm. you can change and shift the shape of your pelvis to open or close, whether it's to the top of the pelvis, the lower part of the pelvis, like you said, lunge positions need to open up the right side. Okay. Let's open up the right side. Need to open up the left. Let's open up the left. So it could be from changing position. It could be by rotating your legs in a particular, Mm -hmm. in a particular rotation that opens up the pelvis. And I, I don't think that people know or are informed. I mean, there's so much to know, right? But people may not be aware that the labor positions are not just like, oh, that's nice. You can labor this way or you can labor that way. It's like those positions are there because they actually help baby move down and they help baby move 
as the, um, or you change in position as baby's moving down because one moment they're in this direction, next moment they're slightly turned. And pain or unpleasant sensations are the guide, right? Because if it's, mm-hmm. oh, this feels really, really uncomfortable, and all of a sudden you shift position, it's like, oh, that feels better. Well, that's because baby ah. was like, in the, you know, trying to like jam into something that like yep. it couldn't into get your hip bone. <laughs> right. And like, wouldn't you want to know that it's hurting because right. it's not in a good position? And then all so actually pain is guiding you. Mm, that's a great way to think of it. And the other thing is, is if we would just leave moms alone, like, gosh, just leave them alone. They will get into the right positions. Like I, you know, inside, I have a, a home birth, childbirth education program, and we talk about all of the different positions. But I always say, but the thing is, is it's nice to practice them in the sense that it's nice to get into that position just to feel what it's like so that there's a little bit of muscle memory. You really don't need to go through your brain like a Rolodex thinking, oh, what position, what position? Your body guides you. And that is what is so upsetting when I see these mothers laying on their backs in the hospital, being forced to a bed oftentimes without even an epidural. It's just like, no, that's just where you have to be. Like how unfair and unfortunate that we're not allowing these mothers' bodies and their babies to work together the way that they were designed to work together. Yeah, totally. Like, again, I labored mostly at home and I just like, you know, I had, I, I mean, I had ideas of labor positions in my mind, like you said, that muscle memory piece, but like, I would just move and shift and it would be like, okay, this, this, this position now sucks. So I'm going to do this one. And I would Mm -hmm. keep moving, you know, till it felt better. And I might be there for two contractions and be like, nope, not comfortable anymore. And you, you just, you just know it's like your body just knows. Yeah. And it kind yep. of instinctual, like it creates almost like this um, desire, this inner desire to move. It's very difficult to explain, but when you feel everything, it just, it's, it's like, it's miraculous how it does guide you. Agreed. It is amazing. Okay. So, yeah. So those would be a lot of the common questions. Uh, The other one would be related to pain. And it's this concept of like, okay, well, but how do I handle the pain? Because birth is painful. And when I was at the hospital, I had an epidural that I could, that was, that was what I had. And it wasn't painful then. And my biggest thought in regards to that is, okay, but is it really painful, number one. When we say painful, what do we mean? What are you basing this off of? Are you basing this off of a society that tells you birth is really painful and you really need somebody to intervene or else, and you really need an epidural or else you can't handle it? Or are you basing it off of the fact that you knew, let's say you've had a birth before, you've given birth before and you got an epidural, but before you had the epidural, it was really painful to you. Well, It's very likely the case, it's very often the case that when we know there's an epidural on the table, we may not spend as much time working on our mindset and working on how we're going to cope if we know, well, I'm just going to get the epidural. So yeah, (laughs) those contractions before your epidural probably did really suck. 
but you also probably were tensing up your body. You were probably bracing for the fact that it was going to be painful. You know, there are all of these aspects that work together that cause pain. And and I'm sure many of your listeners will have heard of this. It's the fear, tension, pain cycle. So you are scared because you know that you're about to feel something. Because that's about to come, just like you're about to be punched in the gut, you tighten all of your muscles. And what happens when we tighten all of our muscles? We're fighting against the very force that is trying to help us. So we tighten up, fight, it's much harder, and then it's super painful. And so then we're scared because, oh my gosh, that was super painful. So if we, before we go into labor, if we have our mindset ready, if we know how to access deep relaxation, if we understand how to get our hormones flowing the right way, get those beta endorphins working so that we're not feeling pain anyway, it's totally different. We also, when we're giving birth at home, okay, fine. We know that an epidural is not on the table. That's not a tool that we have in our toolkit unless we're willing to get in the car and drive to the hospital. So it's off the table. So what are we going to do in place of those things? Because women have been giving birth for thousands of years and they didn't have epidurals. What did those women do? You just think like, if I were that woman, what would I have done? And the answer oftentimes is, you know, accessing water. Getting in the water is what they call the midwife's epidural. <laughs> you know, it's having a loving, supportive team around you. I cannot tell you how just someone's presence can help you relax. You know, it, it makes such a massive difference. It's setting up the space, setting up your environment to feel cozy, to feel calm, to feel loving. And it's practicing beforehand with your mindset. And then on top of that, counter pressure, like having your midwife or your doula or your partner pressing on your body relieves so much tension. So there are so many ways that we can manage pain. It's just that we have to change our mindset. And mindset really is the biggest aspect of that. And just being a pelvic physio, um, over here for a moment. Um, one of the other things that I found really helpful for my, my birth, because oftentimes these are unknown sensations, right? If you've never given birth before, you don't really know what potentially those sensations might, might feel like. And so that is where I also think perineal techniques may come in handy more mm. from the perspective of introducing a milder form of some of the sensations you may experience in the process, whereby then you can practice your deep relaxation, your releasing of tension, you know, trying out different music, different techniques that you might have learned to begin to like understand, oh, okay, I was able, oh, that pain, you know, or that sensation, that burning didn't last very long. You know, I held it for a minute in that stretch and then I practiced my breathing and then I did my relaxation and then that pain kind of decreased. Okay, well, if I can do that, then, you know, then you start to build that confidence and feel like, okay, well, if I can do that, I could, you know, I can do this and, you know, mm -hmm. we'll add in some new techniques and, and, and I mean, that's how I was kind of more confident in my birth is, you know, practicing some of those, um, 
strategies while applying an unpleasant sensation to my body, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's that learning to relax, you know, just learning to deeply relax and find the tension wherever it is in your body. You know, it, it may be hiding in the most surprising places. It may be in your forehead. It may be in your shoulders. It may be in your hips and, and learning to really body scan and say, okay, where is this tension? Where can I relax just a little bit more? Yep. Absolutely. So is there, okay, let's just say it's getting too intense. I've done all the techniques. I'm like, I'm mind boggled by the sensations epidurals off the table. I don't really feel like going to the hospital. Do I have any other options? Well, I mean, I think that that is what one may call transition. (laughs) (laughs) And there's always, there's always this or not always, but so often there's this place that we get to in birth where we just feel, I can't, I can't do one more. I can't go any further. I've hit it. I've hit the wall this is it. And it's so fascinating how so often that coincides with your baby's almost here. Like your baby is at that point where it's it's coming. And, and usually when you feel that, there's no time to get to the hospital anyway. And so I think that so much of that, once again, comes from, it, it stems from our mindset. What are we what are we choosing to do with it? And for me, especially with my second birth, because with my first birth, both were home births, both were beautiful and amazing. I do feel like my first birth happened to me more than I was kind of in involved in it. Um, so I, I practiced, I taught myself new techniques. I created new techniques for the second birth and, and used them. And I remember at one point, with my second birth, it was um, precipitous. It was very, it was a very fast birth, and that can be super jarring to a lot of mothers I've interviewed on the podcast. It's just, it was like a freight train. You know, it was, it was so stressful and so intense, and I felt it coming on. I felt those contractions hitting back to back to back, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is going to be a hard birth. And then I thought to myself. Caitlin, if you have time right now to be thinking about the fact that this is a hard birth, you also have time right now to pull yourself back into this present moment and appreciate whatever it is that you're experiencing. And allowing yourself to have that open mind, that beginner's mind in your birth, I mean, it just transforms what you're feeling. It really does. I I went from feeling this almost panic of like, oh my gosh, this is so intense to like, oh, oh yeah, here we are. We're doing it. And and I'm on top of this and I'm experiencing every single moment of this. And I'm soaking this up because I don't get to do this very often. You know, like in the whole scheme of life, I don't get to give birth to my baby very often. And I want to enjoy every single moment of this. And I don't want to look back and think, wow, I just, I didn't capitalize on that experience. And so, yeah, it may be really intense. You may feel like, oh gosh, I just don't even know what to do. But if you have the time to think, oh gosh, I just don't even know what to do. You have the time to recenter yourself. Think about what amazing, magical event is happening and and be there for it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm nodding my head because there was a moment where I hit where I was just like, I 
like I've been, I've been dealing. I'm like, I'm good. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I don't know if I can. And my midwife's like, you're doing great. And I'm like, but blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, oh, like it's, it's time. Like you're fully mm-hmm. dilated. Like it's time. I was like, oh, okay. And then All like, right. and then it, just as quickly as that, that came, as I hit the transition, the discomfort changed. It went from mm-hmm. something totally different to something totally different. And like away we went like, right here we go. I remember with my second birth, I, when I hit transition, my husband is holding me up and I just said, I can't. And as I was saying it, it was just like, I, I was like laughing in my head because it was like, yeah, you are like, you can, you're doing it. But just like the words had to come out. It had to, just, I, I can't, but, but you do and your body can, you know, your body can and your baby can. So and just it's, back off. <laughs> and it's so interesting because when I look back now, it's like, it seemed long at the time, but like it ended so quick. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like time distortion to the nth degree. <laughs> that is birth is the perfect example of how time's just not real. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> exactly. So let's, let's chat about successful home births. Like, you know, you sort of have three pillars to what you sort of think about in terms of like creating and setting the, the tone for a successful home birth. Let's chat about that. Yes. So, and we've really discussed them kind of in different ways throughout this. But for me, I think that the three pillars of having a happy home birth, it's your environment. You know, number one, your environment. Are you setting up your space in a way that is conducive to giving birth? And it's kind of like we talked about with, you know, like walking into a hospital, fluorescent lights versus your house with dim lights and a a nice little birth nook and the music that you want or the affirmations playing that you want and just setting the scene. And I know uh, it's Dr. Bradley in in one of his books, he talks about, he's like, think about your cat. (laughs) Think about your cat when she's going to give birth to kittens. Does she just like walk out in the lunch hour and lay on the floor and give birth in front of everybody? Or does she go, you know, go into the night under the porch alone in the dark in the quiet you know so we think about cultivating that type of atmosphere so we've got your atmosphere your environment your support who is going to be there your your midwife and then making sure that you and your partner are on the same page emotionally that you're connected that, that things are good that you're truly working together to set this up for success because that's I mean, we can, the energy in a birth, you can just feel it, you know? Um, and then who else are you choosing to have there? Your midwife. How did you choose your midwife? Is this someone that you're connecting with? Is this someone that you trust and that you feel that that supports you and knows that you are really the one that's in charge? Um, and then if you choose to have anybody else, who is that going to be? A doula? We, we also need to think about who we're not going to have there. Um, I was under the impression that my first birth was going to be a party. It was around Christmas time and I wanted, I had a lot of friends who were also student midwives and I wanted them all to be there. And I had my husband's cousin and it turned into a 
big fat way for my uterus to flip out <laughs> and say like, no, 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 nobody, get them all out. Like I wanted a party, my uterus did not want a party. So we have to think about how we're supporting our bodies based off of who is and is not there. Um, and sometimes that can be hard because it's like, well, I really want my mom to be there. But my mom is really anxious and nervous about the fact that I'm giving birth at home. And she's probably going to say, do you need a C-section at some point? Like, uh, maybe she comes later. Um, and then our final piece, once again, is our mindset. You know, how are we approaching this? Are are we giving this the amount of credit that it's due? Are we giving this the amount of preparation that it requires? Because this is the biggest undertaking. This is the biggest task that you've ever experienced. And you deserve to walk into that feeling the empowerment that you have. And so we need to, to cultivate that. We need to prepare and we need to understand that there is a balance because there's so much, we have control over so many things. We have control over how we prepare, but we also have to have the sense of surrender because birth is wild. Whether you give birth in the hospital with the best OB team in the world, or whether you give birth at home alone, it's wild and we don't know what the outcome will be. So we have to have that balance of control versus surrender as well. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I kind of use two analogies in my mind, you know, one is like centered around preparation, which is like, you wouldn't just like decide to run a 100 kilometer marathon, not right. preparing for that. Right? Like, birth is like, and the, the other part is like, once you start, like, let's say you start a marathon, well, you know, you've had enough, you could just be like, I'm out. Well, then you don't get an out in this one, right? Like, right. so you want to, you know, you want to take the time to prepare because in that preparation, there is a greater ease of the surrender, right? Like if I'm studying mm -hmm. for a major final exam, you have one person crams the night before and one person who's been preparing for three weeks for this final exam. Both are nervous walking in. But That's a good point. Who's going to take that deep breath, surrender, and be and and just allow the the work to present itself forward, right? Versus yes. the person who's probably stressed out, overthinking, rummaging through their brain, looking for the answer on the test. Versus the person who's like, okay, I've done all the work. I'm just going to take a deep breath, look at the question, read it, and like allow myself to trust that the, I have the, that I'm getting to the right answer. Right. Oh, that's a great analogy. Very different experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, labor is one day, you know, it's a maybe, maybe two or three, <laughs> you know, depending on how it goes, but either way in the whole scheme of life, it's very short. We know that, but what are you going to remember for the rest of your life. You're gonna remember the day that your baby was born. There's no way. You're going to remember the day that you came, became or became again a mother. It's, it's so intimate. It's so life altering. That deserves your attention. You know, that deserves your preparation because it can be something that just wildly encourages you. It can be something that thrusts you so confidently into motherhood. 
And that's what, that's what I want for everyone, wherever they choose to give birth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally 100% on that page where mm-hmm. I just want to let people even have this like seed planted of this like glimmer of, of the beauty that can be, but it is a rite of passage, right? Like rites right. of passage are not easy. No, no. Right. But if they, they were, are, we wouldn't make a bill out of them. Well, exactly. Right. Um, but, and they're life transforming and you're right. Like, you know, I want to do, ev- I want to walk away feeling like, you know, I've done what I could have done. And, um, mm-hmm. and then again, allow that, that surrender to happen. Yes. Amazing. So let's talk about the happy home birth Academy. Yeah. So that I created this after I gave birth to my second. Um, I, like I said, with my first birth, I kind of felt like it happened to me, even though I had been to dozens and dozens of home births, I'd, I'd experienced home birth firsthand, but it still was just, I hadn't prepared in all the ways that I could have. And so between that birth and my next, I realized, especially interviewing these other mothers, I realized, huh, there could be a little bit more to this. You know, there is more that I could do. So I created some techniques of my own. I practiced them. um, And then I gave birth to my baby, nobody else touching me. I was the first one to reach down, pick her up and bring her to my chest calmly. As she, as her head was out, I was speaking to my toddler, like saying like, oh, Janie, look, it's your sister. You know, I, I didn't say sister. We didn't know if it was a girl or boy, but you know, like, it's your baby. Just, I was so able to cultivate that peace and that presence that was amazing. And I knew, okay, if I was able to do this, this is teachable. This is something that other women can can do and have, and they can feel this sense of empowerment. And so then I decided to create Happy Home Birth Academy because not only that, there's, there's also not a lot there's at the time there was zero home birth childbirth education you know zero specific tailored to this experience education and and natural childbirth education is wonderful but oftentimes it's not what a home birth mother is it's not related you know it's like okay well they're going to do this in the hospital and that in the hospital well okay well that's not what we're doing um so we focus on these eight phases of preparation where we prepare your mind your techniques your body your food i i am so you know i feel so strongly about nutrition and the role that that plays in giving birth and uh and successful postpartum um so then we talk about preparing your environment your, your heart and your home uh your partner your preparing for postpartum like the all of these aspects that are so important and oftentimes overlooked. Um, so we go through all of that. As I talked about the techniques, there's a lot of deep relaxation. I've created home birth specific tracks to help your body relax and envision the birth that you want to have so that once you step into labor, there's kind of this sense of, I've been here before, you know, that like we were talking about the muscle memory, it's, it's just like that mental muscle memory. Um, so that is, that's what I created. And luckily it has been so helpful to mothers giving birth at home. I've attended some of my own friends who went through the Academy and are local to me. Uh, Recently, I just attended one birth where she 
caught her own baby after having two very difficult previous births. You know, she stood up in her bathroom and caught her baby. Like it just such an amazing experience to be able to witness, much less to be able to have. So amazing. Yeah. I, um, I, the visualization and the intention is often overlooked, you know, as well, I, because I remembered, uh, so I took some hypnobirthing classes and she would show us videos of like positive births. Right. And I just remember there being moments where I would just close my eyes and I would envision these women in these videos and I would just visualize and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do what they do. And I'm going to try to breathe my breathing technique because I knew like, because I was creating what I wanted to see and feel Now, whether it was hundred percent successful in my breathing technique. And like, did I do that technique correctly was besides the point. It was the attempt to move toward my vision that allowed me to move forward in a way that was meaningful for me. Yes. I mean, and if you don't know your options, then you don't, do you really have options? You know, and that's, I think that's what's so important is inundating yourself with what it can be so that you know full well what it can be and that you can experience that. Amazing. Let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about my podcast. So yeah, I, I created this podcast, like I said, because I I realized there was a need. Like there, there was not a lot of information about home birth in general. Um, and I love podcasts. Like I just I just love podcasts. It's the easiest way to to gain access to information and still do the dishes, you know? And so I decided like, okay, well, I'm just going to put myself out there and see what happens. And oh my word, mothers want to share their stories. You know, like that is, it's so empowering for the mother sharing, but it is just as empowering to all of the mothers listening and it has become this support system and it's it's morphed into gosh just such a loving community we have a facebook community where moms are asking questions all the time and i swear it is the most loving place on the internet like like we have differing opinions on so many things and it's okay you know it's that's what's so beautiful is birth it's such an intense event. Uh, it has its own gravitational pull, basically. And you you connect with people. You pull people to you when you open up about your birth and share your experiences. And that's what the Happy Home Birth Podcast is all about. Amazing. So tell us, you know, where people can find you, follow you, learn more. Where are you at I feel like I'm everywhere. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> my website is myhappyhomebirth.com. So that's a great place. I've got the the podcast actually. You can access it there. You can download the podcast there or go to Apple Podcasts through it. All kinds of different options. Um, that's where all the show notes are housed. And then, like I said, you can go straight to Apple Podcasts, Happy Home Birth. I'm on Instagram, Happy Home Birth Podcast. And then Facebook, we have a Facebook page as well as that group that I mentioned, and that's Happy Home Birth Podcast Community. I just wanted to make it as hard as possible to type in just, you know, like <laughs> Happy Home Birth Podcast Community. But yeah, that's 
all over the place and I'm always happy to talk. So please, if you've got home birth questions, reach out. Amazing. And just to make things easier for anybody listening, we also have show notes and we will put the links to everywhere you can find Caitlin in the show notes, which you can access wherever you're listening to the, you know, to this podcast. And of course, it's also on our website as well, um, where you can listen to the podcast and the show notes will be there as well. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me about this. Like, I just, I feel energized and I feel happy and light. And I, like you said, like that kind of gravitational pull talking about your birth stories and just even kind of reflecting on mine and just, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm left with a really good feeling. So thank you. I love to hear that. And it was such an honor for me to be on this podcast. Thank you so much, Madeline, for what you're doing. It was a joy and I'm so grateful. Thank you. And obviously we want to thank our listeners for joining, you know, joining us in. Uh, If you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe and like, please share out this podcast with anybody that, you know, who may be expecting or trying or already pregnant because you never know what information they may or may not be seeking or don't even know they need to know about. So like by sharing it out, we can at least let people know that there are options So on that, yeah. So on that note, we say goodbye and we will connect with you on the next podcast. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio dot com forward slash mini training or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode at the end of the description a link will be there for you to get the free mini training hope to connect with you there thank you for listening to living a better life podcast make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes we would also love to hear your comments suggestions and reviews thanks again until the next episode bye for now